0: This is episode 32 of the Kindred Bomb Podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hi there friends so great to be back with you today's episode kicks off the new series that we're doing on kindred mom for February which is loving well as a wife and mom today we're focusing in on the mom side of that conversation I have Jennifer Van Winkle and Lynn Patty two gals from my kindred mom vision team and we are talking about what loving well looks like in our own families During the second half of the show, we have a special guest, author and podcaster, Kat Lee. She recently released a book called Hello Mornings, which is a great read that is full of wisdom for moms who want to start their days well. I was first introduced to her years ago when she was producing her Inspired to Action podcast, and now she has one called Hello Mornings that accompanies her book. Sarah Allard and I had a lovely time chatting with her and gained so much from our conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Kat Lee is a wealth of wisdom and encouragement for moms. And when you're done listening to this podcast, I highly recommend that you go get her book or listen to the podcasts that she has produced over the years. Every one of them is full of encouragement. Thanks for listening. excited to be here today to begin a new series on Kindred Mom about loving well. And today's segment will be about loving well as a mom. And I have my sweet friends, Lynn Patty and Jennifer Van Winkle here with me to kind of bridge uh, the series that we just ended on Kindred Mom for January, which was self-care for moms. And now that we are moving into the love series, um, I would love to welcome you ladies on and um, just open up our conversation by talking about uh, what we loved uh, from the self-care series on the blog and the podcast guests that we had. And uh, Lynn, I would love to know from you uh, what stood out to you from that series as something you're kind of taking with you.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Em. I really loved the self-care series. If you guys haven't heard it yet out there, please just go back and listen to those episodes. Really good. Great essays on the blog. Um, You know, I really just I learned that self-care For me right now, it's just in a lot of little things that it's not some earth shattering (laughs) program or, you know, huge thing that I have to commit to. It's just really the little things and they, they add up and they matter. And man, that just, that really was one thing that blew me away last month for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And seeing that it doesn't have to be something that takes a lot of time or a lot of money or really even a lot of pre-planning. So many of the things that I learned from are. Guests Carissa and Emily and um, Marilyn Song from our podcast episodes um, had to do with just daily decisions to yes. um, be a little bit more self-disciplined and make choices around things that really nourish us and are life-giving. And sure. um, so I'd love to know from you, Jenny, what has stuck with you from that whole series? Oh, man. Definitely that
2: I don't have to apologize for taking the time. I that's something I've struggled with so much Uh is just feeling like I that I can prioritize myself as high as I prioritize other people in my family. And, you know, just the whole like linear oxygen mask um, essay Uh and how you you can't have any hope of helping anybody else unless you are taking care of yourself and yeah. it's just that simple And I really love that.
0: Yeah, I noticed um, I was actually on my phone earlier today, just looking through old photos. And I was honestly looking for images that I could use for kindred mom in the next couple of months, because I'm trying to get ahead on some of the graphics I'm creating and stuff. And I ran across a photo of myself um, when I was pregnant, um, probably four or five months pregnant with one of my kids. And at that time, I was in really great shape. I had really been disciplined about my fitness and my eating and um i also i i remember feeling insecure because i was you know getting more and more round <laughs> mm-hmm. but when i look at the photo now looking back on it i just feel like i it's a beautiful photo, and just being able to see myself differently. I think some of the essays that we featured on the blog just really spoke to the value of a woman that mm-hmm. is outside of what she looks like and outside of, you know, standards of beauty that are kind of placed on us from other people. And also yeah. just a sense of, seeing that our physical bodies and our souls are something that need to be cared for. And so when I was looking at that photo, it just especially rung true to me that when we are caring for ourselves, it is something that is really beautiful from the outside and mm-hmm. um, kind of encouraged me in the journey that I'm on right now, because I've kind of been in a self-care slum for the last two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been kind of hard to get back on the horse after my youngest is born. And I am just really inspired inspired to um, make the right changes for the right reasons and um, let it be a daily faithful decision to nourish myself. So that's what I've taken mm-hmm. away from the series. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we're going to be talking about in this new series is how to love our families well. And I I didn't realize the connection between the self-care series and this series um, until we had already made the decisions of what topics we were going to cover. But I do think that there is a a real relationship between when we care for ourselves well, we are prepared and ready and able to love our families better because we're not trying to draw from an empty well to do this stuff that is, you know, it's, it's hard to get through the days of motherhood that are full of all kinds of challenges and, you know, sometimes really unglamorous tasks that we don't really want to do. But I want to just ask you ladies about uh, when you think about loving your families well, what that looks like to you and what some of the tips you might offer other moms as they're looking to just kind of wrap their minds around if I'm loving my family well, this is these are the things that I'm doing. What are you doing when you're doing that, Jenny? When I'm loving my family
2: well I I'm patient I mean I'm a different person a little bit I'm I'm not doing more than I need to be doing Um, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes I'm I need to be doing a lot less than I feel like I should be doing you know Um, Mm -hmm. that the requirement is a lot less Mm -hmm. and when I'm loving them well yeah this is so hard like to know how to love someone well, when you've had like a hard day, (laughs) right? I'm I'm coming off of a hard day of not necessarily feeling super confident in how I've loved my family. Well, (laughs) so I I sometimes feel like I don't know how to answer that question because, you know, those thoughts of where I screwed up are always so fresh in my mind. And Hmm. I think that we have to take a break, take an A step back from, you know, all the pressures that we put on ourselves, and I feel like, uh, you know, for me personally, when I think about, oh my gosh, I have to be loving my family well too. Like Mm -hmm. uh, in addition (laughs) to all the other things, I need to be loving them well, and that that instantly like elevates my stress to another level because I Mm -hmm. want to do the best I can by my family, and I'm kind of like. I don't know how I don't have all the tools mm-hmm. that I feel like I need to do that. Yeah. And taking a step back and just saying, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it one day at a time. And I'm going to yeah. make that's little right. connections with these people, small yeah. little things that's like, you like scooping them up into my lap and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And just trying desperately hard to find A peaceful place to do everything in my day and to know that hopefully the rest will kind of sort it out but if I'm trying to be
0: as yeah. peaceful as possible then love can come out of my heart and I don't yeah. have to stress about it as much yeah and well, I just appreciate your honesty about that because I I don't want this conversation to become something that is an added stress to anybody if anything I think if we can look honestly at all the things that we actually do during the day as mothers that so much of what we're doing is motivated out of love even if it is on a to-do list and I I think part of learning how to love well is how to be diligent in the things that are required in our role and also be aware of the individual needs of our kids. And I think you do that really well um, as I've spent time with you and just cluing in when you I can tell when the mood changes or when, you know, somebody's attitude tanks or Mm -hmm. the kids are all of a sudden not getting along that you do stop and you do Mm -hmm. address those things and try to you know, engage with each one and figure out what their needs are. And I think that's part of loving well as a mother is just really um, trying to see our kids where they're at and what they need from us at that moment. And so much of motherhood is about problem solving on the fly Mm -hmm. when you don't necessarily feel like you have the tools or the answers, or it's not a, you know, one, all as well in the world, (laughs) you know, it's definitely like, okay, well, we're sorting this out in real time. Um, but, part of what helps you be successful at that is really cluing in to your Mm -hmm. child and pausing what you're doing, like you said, and, um, just trying to sort out the relational aspect of what's going on in your home. So Lynn, I would love to ask you a similar question. Like what does loving well look like to you in an ideal situation? So as I'm listening
1: to Jenny respond and listening to your question, em, I'm just thinking, you know, about these moms listening right now. And they, they probably, they are loving well, you know, like yeah. if you have taken time out to listen to a podcast about mothering, And and specifically Mm -hmm. about loving your family well, you're probably good. You know, like, um, (laughs) and and just like you said, like, let that be an encouragement. For me, loving my family well, um, you know, it looks like doing the next best thing for everyone. Um, And sometimes that's hard and sometimes it's not. There are days where, I praise them at the right time. I make them food mm-hmm. at the right time and I, mm-hmm. I check the boxes. And then there are days where it's night and I'm in my bed. And the only thing I can do is just go to their doors or their, you know, the ends of their beds and just pray for them. And that's because mm-hmm. it was such a crappy day. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, somebody made this right while they're sleeping mm-hmm. tonight, you know? And so I think what we're all kind of speaking to is just that the difficulty that loving well can be it's just it's sometimes it's not quantifiable, it's it's yeah. elusive, it's just a constant telling yourself I've got this, I'm doing this, we're going to get through it, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Well, and I wanted to just add to what you're saying is just when we are doing what we do for our families on a daily basis, that that is an investment, that is something that we don't necessarily see the the long-term effects of our attentiveness and our gentleness with our kids. And I mean, the fact that we have fed them every meal that they have, and we have cleaned all their clothes, like that seems insignificant at this point, but what if it's not insignificant? What if the things that we do day in and day out that seem totally just like we just blow past those to the next milestone or the next victory or the next big thing that we can say, yay, I did this, or we accomplished that. That's to me, part of why when we started Kindred Mom, we started with celebrating our small victories in mind. Like that's kind of a a core mantra of our Facebook group. And um, I do think that recognizing how hard mamas work for their families, even though there are a lot of things that we don't do perfectly, that um, we're motivated and driven by love, trying our best. And I just... I, I love that as a community, we can just cheer on the mamas who are in that place of just feeling weary and depleted from all that they have poured out in mm-hmm. loving their families well. Moving into the next question, there are hurdles <laughs> that come to when we want to do this well. We want to be patient mamas. We want to be able to connect with our kids, even when there's a long list of things to do. I would love to know from you how it is that you connect. Like, What are the things that you do to get face-to-face with your kids and put your list aside so that you can engage with them.
1: I know over here for us, it's food. So like when things are just <laughs> hitting the sand, I'm always just yeah. like, let's eat something, you know? <laughs> um, it sounds so silly, but at the same time, it often does great Oh, break. no, it uh,
0: fixes things. <laughs> it makes really things does. right in the world.
1: <laughs> and I think I have possibly two of my four kids who's, whose love language is the sixth one, which is food anyway. (laughs) um, But one thing is I I have a big round tray and I'll get that out and I just put a ton of stuff on it, dried fruit, nuts, cheese, maybe even a little Mm -hmm. chocolate, you know, something fun and um, especially in the afternoons. And uh, sometimes I'll take that out and just they're like, yes, snack tray. I mean, they love that, but (laughs) it just helps to refocus and, um, and, get some energy. I mean, pr- and oftentimes I forget to eat or snack as well. So there's that. But um, mm-hmm. that's been one silly, but very practical way that, you know, I kind of refocus and really it's just about making a plan. There's going to be natural um, transitions in every day, right? You've mm-hmm. got your lunch time or your quiet time or your activity that you're going out for. So you just kind of have to say, okay, here we are. We're at 10 AM. We got to get to lunch at 1230 let's mm-hmm. work the plan what do we got to do okay let's do it yeah and you know what and just letting things go my goodness sometimes my list is 23 items long mm-hmm. it is only possible to do 16 of those in a day and just <laughs> you to that. Have, you've, you've worked it out <laughs> exactly what I your have numbers worked it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's just like and being okay with only doing 16 and not 23 it's okay yeah
0: that's okay yeah. no one as long as everyone is safe and you know so sometimes it's going to be Three and not 16. and, and That's okay. It will be three. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Gosh, I'm thinking
2: of all the 16 things, and I'm like, does, does, uh, dressing yourself count as a oh, yes.
1: Dress. Yes. everything goes on the list yes. everything <laughs> is on the list
0: because then <laughs> you can count all the small victories right yes. drink a glass
1: of water on the
0: list done perfect you and then it off. success yes, yes. <laughs> awesome well Jenny what do you do to connect with your kids to connect with my kids I try to
2: do fun things with them. And that's such mm-hmm. an arbitrary term when it's like, okay, well, what is that? Um, and fun things for them are kind of the s- same things as fun things for me. And when things are st- kind of stressful in the house or whatever's irritating somebody. is yeah. just to distract them or to find something else to do. And a lot of times that centers around music at our house and mm-hmm. just turning on different kinds of different kinds of music. And my boys are um, four and a half and they are really into racing music as they call it. And mm-hmm. it's pretty much anything that has a driving baseline. And I, mm-hmm have no problem with the driving baseline. It's often Mm -hmm. like... I'm really kind of glad that that's what I'm like. I'm training my kids to know what good music is. So it was like, this is, this is like, this is great for yeah. me. And we're not always listening to Rafi. I really love Rafi, but Ooh. it's like Rafi can't necessarily get to the primal things that I'm trying yeah. to you know, uh-huh. get out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, for us, it's just kind of like finding something lighthearted to do and and getting so the
1: dance parties yes dance parties, dance parties all we, the way we,
2: we race and basically that is just where one of the kids will run through the house and the rest of us just follow and we just mm-hmm, run mm-hmm. run through the house and yes. <laughs> over and laps over and over our house is kind of small so it doesn't take that long to run through the house but um <laughs> <laughs> but, so we do laps and laps and laps and thankfully nobody has like knocked their head on the corner of the dining room table as we go around the table. But, Mm -hmm. um, Because that would would be like record scratch. Everybody stops and, you know, fun is over. So that hasn't happened yet. So that's really good.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to talk about the struggles that we have that come up from just being exhausted or not prepared for something that's coming up in our schedule. And especially what I think is a a pretty huge challenge for a lot of people these days, and that's being overcommitted or being super busy. Can we talk about anything that we do to simplify our lives so that we can prioritize the time together with family. Um, I'd love to know what you do to rein in your calendar. We're just talking about reining in a calendar. And
2: I think about like what's on my calendar and there's nothing on my calendar. And sometimes I feel so, I feel like well, you're a lazy mom. You're not even doing anything with your kids. There's nothing on there's nothing on your calendar. And, and I don't know if maybe it's just because I'm such a mental processor and I spend so much time in my head that all of that calendar stuff is in my head and not necessarily on paper. But, mm-hmm. but I do I do purposefully not really do a, a lot of extra stuff in the week. Like we yeah. don't, we don't have, I mean, my kids are still young. So it's kind of, that's part of, part of the the beauty of everything is that we're not like doing extracurriculars um, yeah. based on age. You know, I know that that's probably going to increase as they get older, but I, I don't feel a need to fill, to have like a thing to do every day. That's like, right. Mm -hmm. outside of our house or something like that I kind of like not having something to do every day yeah and and that and that makes me feel like super vulnerable saying
0: that because it's like Jenny I think I feel like that's so consistent with who you are as a person though because I know just your spaces in your life your home is more of a minimalist home and just with an eye for beauty and I think in your schedule like you just want to keep open space for beautiful things to happen. And so it's just kind of a minimalist schedule. And so I don't, I don't think you should feel vulnerable about that. I think it's really wonderful that you kind of keep the margin there so that you guys can spend time in your awesome backyard. Um, We go over to your backyard just to spend time in your awesome backyard. So, (laughs) um, you know, I don't necessarily think that needs to be filled up with all kinds of other things.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it speaks to the mom who does have smaller children and just how important it is to to make your home hallowed space, you know, it, I, I, sometimes people will see that I'm pregnant with my fifth and they're like, Oh my goodness, that's crazy. How do you do it? Whatever. And I will look at them in the eye and say two was the hardest, you know, yeah. or three, yeah. like when they were all so little and yeah. it really was like, cause then yeah. they grow up and they can brush their teeth by themselves or get dressed by themselves. You know I mean? So I, I hear what you're saying, Jenny, and it is, I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that you keep your calendar really clean. Um yeah, for us we I do try to keep the calendar clean. One thing that has worked really well for me is pregnancy. Um just to be honest. Like <laughs> that'll clear your because, calendar right quick. Huh? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm like, yep, I can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Oh well, you know, but um like literally physically. But yeah. um All jokes aside, though we do try to keep it doable and um, just Emily. You already said it, but simplification—it's
0: just—it's really important to keep that nice and simple, you know? Yeah. And I think more than simple, just being aware of what are your family priorities and are you actually keeping to the priorities that you say that you have? Because I think so many people will say family time is a priority and then it's kind of like the last thing to be added to their calendar. And I just think that that's upside right. down. It should be the other way that if you can identify your top two or three priorities in a week, that those go on your calendar first and then you can add the extra yes. things if they fit in And if you're up for it, and if it's a season that it works for your family, I just think that there are so many uh, people who feel obligated to do things or feel like someone has asked them so and they don't want to say no. And I just think that part of loving our kids well is just the sense of having some boundaries, which we're going to talk about in another podcast episode coming up later this month. But it is to me one of the core things that I can do as a mom to hold space open for um, the things that are most important to us as a family and that's just something I think is important to consider as a way of loving our kids well and uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about well there's two things actually there was a question that we received from one of the moms in our Kindred Mom Facebook group and Faith Rader said I'd love to hear how you switch from a drowning mentality to building a raft mentality especially with young kids. And I think what she means by this is just um, instead of kind of being in that place of being totally overwhelmed and everybody's attitudes are tanking and things are not going well, um, how to move things in a more positive direction.
2: I just thought that was an interesting way of of phrasing that question, Mm -hmm. like how to build a raft with your kids. Cause it just sort of signifies that a lot of times you just feel like you're drowning Mm -hmm. and that you're kind of desperate to feel like you're not drowning and, and anything Mm. and anything was, is, is building a raft, you know, at that point, losing your cool is obviously sinking that raft and, and tying some concrete boots to your feet. And that's certainly not helping. So for me, like building a raft with my kids is, is looking them in the eye and telling them something that they did that I thought was really great, you know, and unsolicited, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. the time to be proactive and going and finding that person one at a time mm-hmm. and just looking them in the eye. And it can be the smallest thing mm-hmm. to just say, you are so mm-hmm. creative mm-hmm. and I am just inspired by the power of your mind mm-hmm. or, or what you can do with your mind and just saying little positive things. And they just light up and they're just mm-hmm. like, Oh, yeah. I've been noticed. Yeah. I've been noticed. And mm-hmm. somebody appreciates me. And I didn't even know that I was being noticed. Yeah. And it's those mm-hmm. moments that just make my heart sing as, as a mom. And I know that even if I tank with the rest of <laughs> what I'm supposed to do in a day, that at least that I've tried to build them up in one tiny little area that I know will grow into more because I'm going to keep investing in that because it makes me feel good and I can see that they you know, are, are benefiting from that too. And uh, you just keep building on those sorts of things. Yeah. I don't know if that's, if that's mm. building a raft, but to me, that's not drowning. So
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. You know, what's interesting about this question is I realized that, man, I really stink at this sometimes. Like I am so grumpy or so just what negative mm. or whatever. And you know what I've noticed is my kids help mm. me. They do Mm -hmm. it, especially my oldest. I'm like, man, somewhere long time ago, somebody, maybe me taught Mm -hmm. her how to turn things around because she does it. And it's been so interesting to like... Mm -hmm to see how she is such a leader and she will lead us into positivity. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, boys, let's go play family yeah. or let's play Lego dragons. And and I'm like, oh my goodness. She literally just built me a raft. Like she, <laughs> it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I... I get into that space, which Jenny was just talking about, which is being able to be like, you know, that was awesome. Thank you so much for leading that or, you know, whatever. So that's been really cool.
0: Yeah. I think that one of the things I'm always on guard about is when I get to that point of weariness that I am just ready to snap if I'm feeling that kind of stress. And uh, I feel like even the smallest things can just make me feel angry all on a dime. And I'm just really suspect of anger. Like when my anger boils up suddenly, it's just, it's so hard to not say the harsh words, right? Like when you're like, oh, no. so frustrated so really frustrated. So, you know, when people talk about cultivating patience and um, that kind of thing with your kids, I think patience is an awesome solution, but there's sometimes such a huge leap from the anger that I feel in the moment to what would be a true, truly patient response. And so for me, like kind of the stepping stone to that, I just try to think of something gentle. How can I respond that is gentle? Well, um, we are needing to close out this episode. I wanted to ask if you have any last words you want to share with mamas who are right here in this zone of wondering, am I loving my family well, or how can I love my family? Well, Uh, what do you want to leave them with?
1: I think that I want to say to the moms out there, I want to circle back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is my mm-hmm. guess is that if you're listening to this podcast, you care very deeply about your interactions mm-hmm. with your children and you're loving your family well already. And maybe just to take a moment and to sit and say, how do I love my family well? Because yeah, you do it. mamas. Yeah. I know you do it. And if you can make a list and just have two things, this is how I love my family well.
0: You can point back to that list when mm-hmm. everything goes yeah. awry, you know. Yeah, and I I think that um, loving well has so much to do with our posture towards our families that our arms are outstretched and we're ready to receive our kids when they need a hug or they need to talk to us. Um, and it's less about you know have I given them the most amazing Christmas gifts or birthday gifts. Have Have I taken them to every Mm. awesome fun theme park that's in our area? Have I, you know, and there's just so many things that we want to do for our kids that would be so fun for them, but what they really need is us. They need our attention. They need our gentleness. They need our guidance. They need our discipline and, and our love that helps them, you know, grow into productive adults and, Mm -hmm. um, and this yeah. is a, a long game kind of deal. It's not something that um, can really be... You know we can't take the shortcuts and expect to be having the same level of connection with them that we would if we kind of took the long way home and smelled the flowers together and that kind of thing so thank you ladies for mm-hmm. your thoughts I mm-hmm. thought this is a really lovely conversation and I, I can't wait to share it with our listeners and I just yeah. appreciate you being a voice here thank you yeah. absolutely Well, last month we did a series on self-care for moms and talked about the importance of habits that fill and nourish us and the freedom that comes with cultivating self-discipline in our lives. And today we're continuing that conversation with a very special guest, Kat Lee, uh, author of Hello Mornings and one of the hosts of the Hello Mornings podcast. Hi, Kat. Hey, Emily and Sarah. How are you guys? We are doing so well and so excited that you're here.
3: Well, I'm very excited to be here and chat with y'all.
0: Yes, it's such an honor to have
4: you. I got first acquainted with you um, from your podcast and just it's an honor to have you in our ears this morning and would love for you, for anybody that isn't familiar with you and your work, to introduce your family and a little bit about why you are so passionate about mornings.
3: Absolutely. So my name is Kat Lee and I um, am a mom of three kids. Well, I'm so I'm married to my husband, Jimmy. I'll start there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we have three kids. Anna is 15 Allison is 13 and Jackson is 10 so I'm kind of in a really fun stage of motherhood where they mm-hmm. all get sarcasm the girls and I watch Hallmark Christmas movies and you know they're just really fun to hang out with um, so I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot and we live in Waco Texas And I am passionate about mornings because of those kids. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember that stage of motherhood when you just want to sleep a little bit longer (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the kids aren't on track with that particular goal and they come in super early. And I just remember they would they would wake me up and Mm -hmm. I would just feel like I was on the defensive all the time and and never quite able to recover, never quite able to be the mom that I wanted to be, never quite able to fit in my time with God and all the things that I wanted to do. And I realized how important it was for me to just at least start the day well. You, know, I, I didn't need to do everything in my perfect ideal routine, but I needed to at least start well. And just building that habit Help me to get on that right foot, you know, waking up on the right side of the bed so that I could be the mom that I wanted to be a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Well, I so love that. And I know that you have talked about mornings for years, actually, knowing that's been a, a journey for you over a period of time. And um, just when I was reading your book, uh, you talked about the power of a mother's influence on her family in one little spot towards the beginning. And I'd love to connect what you've already shared with how the morning can affect the rest of the day, and how developing a habit in the morning that really serves you well, how that also serves your family well and shapes the tone and dynamics of your relationships with your family.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, just like I said, how I would wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Normally it was my son, my 10 year old, who would wake up first. And, you know, he he is a big thinker. So he would ask questions or if I had an idea, like go get some Cheerios, he'd be like, mom, how about I get Cheerios? And then I stack them on top of each other. And, you know, he just always um, multiplies whatever idea I have. And I just was never ready for that in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'd then be kind of grumpy. And when I started um Um, Well, so then I just, you know, like I said, I got frustrated and I was just praying one morning. I was like, God, this is I'm not I'm not the mom that I want to be right now. I'm not starting out my day well. I'm not loving on my Mm -hmm. kids and being intentional like I want. And just very clearly felt like he was like, you need to start waking up for your kids and not just to your kids. And so I started being a little bit more intentional, just waking up a little bit earlier And starting my day, saying God, okay, what do you? What's on your heart for today? Thank you so much for today. Just a simple word of thanks. A simple, you know, God, I love you, and I want today to be centered around you and your heart for me and and your heart for the people in my life. How can how can I do it? How can I be your hands and feet to the people in my life today? And so, so then instead of my son coming to me and asking for stuff and me pulling the covers over my head and you know being grumpy. I was able to get up a few minutes earlier and and pray for him. And he could come in and not every morning, but on several mornings he would come in and I'd be able to say like, hey, buddy, you know, I just want you to know that I was praying for you today. And I love the way you encourage your classmates. And and I feel like God really made you to be a hero and an encourager. And, and I believe that the little notes that you leave for the people who sit next at your spot um, in the classroom, I believe those are really Impactful in their lives, and I'm just thankful that you're such a hero for Jesus. You know, just little things that I feel like God put on my heart to encourage Him with, and Mm -hmm. that not only changes my perspective toward my family from one of "Hey, they're invading my space in my life Mm -hmm. right now," this morning they're invading my sleep time to "Wow, I have this opportunity to steer their emotions for the day and the way that I greet them in the morning." Yeah, and And it's made a huge impact, you know, if anything, it just makes a huge impact in my own heart to walk in thankfulness and joy for my family. But then, I mean, we all have had mornings when our kids responded to us in a certain way and suddenly it shifts our whole day and we're suddenly grumpy. And we have that same power as moms, if not to a greater degree. And so I love just the idea that if I can just download God's love for my children a little bit in the morning, then I can give that to them and, and shape how they then interact with the world that they go out into. Mm,
4: I love that so much. And it's kind of an ironic that I've been following you for so long on your original podcast, Inspired to Action. And now you have Hello Mornings, because I just Mm -hmm. want to confess as we're doing this podcast that I have struggled with mornings my whole life. In fact, I was just thinking... Um, how in high school, I literally had a license plate cover that said, always late, but worth the wait. <laughs> I mean, forever, it's just been mornings have been a struggle. And so I just love that you recognize that there's so much power in our mornings and how we start our day. Mm-hmm. And it's really been since I've been a mom, that I've been realizing that this is something I need to conquer and that those few minutes every morning do really matter. And I know a lot of our moms listening are in the trenches with little ones. So can you take us back to how you started? And if somebody's looking to get started, I know you talked about a three-minute morning, kind of what yeah. does that look like to say, okay, I'm struggling with mornings. I've always struggled, but I want to start over a new leaf. What are some action items that they could take? Even today,
3: Absolutely. So, you know, I've been in that same place. Obviously, my kids were all very little at one point in time. They're 23 months apart and then three years apart. So, you know, I I had a, a gaggle of small children who didn't always cooperate with my agenda for the day. And if anything, over the years, I've learned that it's not about having a certain kind of morning routine. It's not about how much Bible study we do. It's about just starting my day with Jesus. And the example that I like to to give is if I'm running out the door and I have a meeting or someplace that I need to be, or one of my other kids is late for school and I'm trying to get them to school. If my youngest child, my son comes up to me and says, mom, can I give you a hug before I go? I don't look at him and I don't say, hey, buddy, you know, I really love you. But because we can't sit down right now and play risk or Monopoly, I'm not really going to look at you. I'm just going to run out the door and go about my day and do the things that I need to do because I can't have a perfect time with you. I love you so much that I only want to have a perfect time with you. So, no hug, no high five. I'm just going to run out the door and do my thing. And then maybe later, when we can have a perfect game of risk or Monopoly or whatever it is, then we'll sit down and have time together. You know, that, I would be a terrible mom if I did that, right? Um, but a lot of times I found that I used to do that with the Lord. And I'd be like, I love you so much that I'm only going to have an hour long Bible study time with you. When really... I believe he wants a relationship with us. And there is so much power and value and importance in just saying, God, I have two seconds right now and I'm gonna give you those two seconds. I cannot handle my day on my own. And I just, I wanna walk with you. I pray that you would show me what to pick up and what to lay down and what to say and what when to hold my tongue. I just wanna walk with you today. Um, I think there is extraordinary, power in that. And I I think that the enemy would try to distract us by laying out this giant agenda of all the things that we need to do for our morning so that we get overwhelmed and then we give up on it and we feel like failures. Um, And so that's why we talk about the three minute morning. It's um, God time, plan time and move time. And so we just encourage people to start out by praying Psalm 143.8. And that just says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for to you I entrust my life. And it's just a great way to put into a prayer Mm -hmm. our heart for the day. God, I just entrust my life to you. Show me the way I should go. And it's just such a simple way to get our heart aligned for the day. Mm -hmm. And so and even if that's all we can do, then just doing that one prayer. Um, but I guess maybe later in our conversation, I can explain the whole God plan move yeah. thing. But just to answer that one question for a mom start wanting to start out right now, just give whatever you have. And literally, if that's two seconds, that is wonderful. You're building the habit of starting the day with Jesus.
0: Yeah, I totally love that. And I also just want to maybe open the conversation a little bit more on just the effect of having intention with our choices with whether that be mornings or any other choice during the day that there's so many things that come at us especially when we're in the trenches season of motherhood that we're either reacting to because it's just pelting us and coming faster than we can prepare for it um, but kind of the stopping and making a decision like I'm going to purposefully respond to this in a different way um, I think is super powerful and you have a number of quotes that we have pulled from your book because I just love how impactful they are and one of them is um, our day in and day out choices are the pieces that build the mosaic of our lives and I would love to know if there are other seemingly small choices that you make that has helped you be really intentional as a mom
3: Mm, That's really good. Honestly, so one of my motherhood mantras is do things badly because there's so many things in motherhood that I'm not good at. Uh, Just kind of a short bio is that I never knew my mom. She died when I was nine months old. And so the whole motherhood thing, I'm a little bit clueless on. I grew up with my dad and my brother. And so I'm not big on fashion. I don't really know makeup, just pretty much name a mom thing. And it's not necessarily my thing. And in this whole journey of motherhood, I've just been like, okay, what is truly important to me? I'm just going to do it. I don't care if it's bad. The more I do it, the better I'm going to get. So if Mm -hmm. I want to, have a conversation with my kids about something deep or important or spiritual or whatever. I'm just going to start the conversation. It's okay if it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I just want to have the conversation and I have 18 years to improve that conversation. And, and I think just those little choices of being willing to do small things and of being willing to do things imperfectly are a lot more powerful than perfecting what we're going to do and then doing it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's been huge for me because I would have never known what I was doing because I've had no example of that as a child. Uh, So just stepping out there and just doing stuff badly, but being Mm -hmm. faithful, I think is really powerful.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that. There's one thing that I was talking with a friend about last week that I I am still thinking about and what you're saying really relates to it. We were talking about that phrase, fake it till you make it. Yes. <laughs> and people say it all the time and I understand why they do. But it was one of those moments where I heard the, the phrase and I, it just bothered me immediately. I was thinking, oh, why do I not like that phrase? And I realize that the reason I don't like it is because I don't think we fake it <laughs> until we make it. We practice and we persevere and we struggle through all the obstacles that are required to get us to where we want to be. And that's not faking it at all. That's that courageous, you know, pursuit of of doing the best that we can with what we have in front of us. And I feel like that's similar to what you're saying. It just has helped me to think of I'm not faking it. (laughs) Like I'm just struggling through and trying to make the progress that is going to take some time It's going to take some, you know, battle scars and some working things out in real time as I'm taking this journey with my kids. So Mm -hmm. there's a quote that I love that
3: says a river cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. And, you know, we might not know what we're doing. We might not do it well. It might be really small. It might be really wimpy. But all of those things add up. And fortunately, as moms, we have a lifetime to impact and influence. So whatever you feel is is important, whatever you feel is core to who God wants you to be as a mom, then mm-hmm. just start there. You know, and and, and I also just want to say that's not everything. I am not a party mom. I am happy to outsource (laughs) parties to other people. It's not my thing. So it's important too, to just know what you're, what is important truly to you as a mom and then do that thing well and not do everything well. I love that. And I always
4: have you ringing in my ears. You know, so so many moms, I think, you have your kids and you're like, I don't know if I'm equipped for this. And just as you're talking, you know, one line I heard you say over and over is God has called you to be the mother of your child and he has called mm-hmm. you and he will equip you. Mm-hmm. And I think that truth is just so powerful. And, you know, I've walked with a lot of young moms that have struggled with that truth. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't know what to do this baby. I'm not sure if I am equipped. Um, and in your motherhood journey, I love how you're saying, you know, I don't need to be all things to all people. Like God has really fashioned you to be the specific mom for your kids. Can you think of a practical example either now or early in your mothering where that kind of caught you by surprise? Like, Oh, God has really equipped me like this specific detail. Um, For my kids,
3: you know, and, and, you know, I don't know what is nurture versus nature, but Mm -hmm. it's been fun for me because one of my children is very musically gifted. I have never been musically gifted, but I've always had a passion for music. And now that she's 15 years old and she got a chance to lead worship in her youth band last week, it's just been fun for me to... You know, I might not have musical gifts, but I have a passion for it. And so it allows me mm-hmm. to really get behind her and be so excited for her and love hearing her practice. And I don't know, just, just really be a cheerleader for her. And I feel like maybe if I had been musically gifted, that would have made me take it away from her a little bit to be like, Oh, well you should do it like this or whatever. Instead mm-hmm. I hear just be in awe and be a cheerleader for her. Um, and then a- another daughter loves playing tennis and I grew up playing tennis. And so it's been fun for me to be a cheerleader for her as well. And, um, I don't know. I just love how he also just brings people into my life for, for me to be willing to say, Hey, I'm really not good at this. I don't know about clothes and makeup and whatever. And I'm thankful for the people that he's brought into our lives to, to help my kids with that and to be willing to learn from my kids <laughs> with yeah. that as well. So, I mean, obviously that's a very uh, fluffy thing, but for me it was a very, always a significant thing because I never felt right cool or like I had anything to give in that sense. So it's been neat just to see the way that he's filled in what felt like weaknesses when it came to raising teenage
1: girls.
0: I love that you mention how you cheer differently for your different children in their particular interests. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of just how important it is that we... um, see our children individually, especially for someone like me. I have six children and sometimes it just feels like a blob. Right. <laughs> like they are all fed and they are all to bed and they're all like as a group cared for, um, but to see them individually and recognize their different love languages and the things that really make them tick and feel especially acknowledged and loved within our family. Um, I love how you mentioned that and how you cheer each of your children on individually.
3: Mm-hmm. Because it's amazing how different kids are. Absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also easy in our culture to think that, that it takes less time to parent well than it actually does. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we can kind of skate by with some stuff. But if we really want to know our kids, if we really want to make it not as easy as possible, but as smooth as possible, it's important for us to invest that time in those small conversations to understand the different quirks and the different idiosyncrasies of each of our kids. Because I only have three and they are extraordinarily, extraordinarily different. And, mm. uh, but it's very much helped me to to know those different idiosyncrasies so that I can know how to respond to each one in the different circumstances because they're all, they're all different.
0: yeah. Mm.
4: I love that. And it's always encouraging just to hear where you are in the stage of motherhood and how that has built over time and how you pick up those little details about each child. Um, and just kind of going back to the morning routine, you know, I wanted to pull out a quote from chapter three of your book because I thought this was really powerful. Just talking about labels, um, you said Maybe you're living under a label. Maybe at one point in time, you tried to do all the things in the morning and burned out. You pushed yourself and got out of bed at the crack of dawn, and you were really proud of your self-discipline. Your friends told you how impressed they were. Everything clicked, but then something happened. You got sick. Your alarm didn't go off. You had to travel. Something threw you off your game. You tumbled back to the bottom of the self-discipline mountain, and as you looked back up to see how far you'd fallen, you decided you didn't have what it took to start again. So you stopped getting up early and started telling yourself that you're not a morning person. You labeled yourself and the labels we give ourselves and others are powerful. And I just think that that idea of labels can go everything we're talking about right now, whether a good mom, bad mom or, um, mornings, but can you talk to us a little bit more about a mom that's maybe in a rut with that, with, either that she's not a good mom or not a morning person. What are some practical tools you use when you're just kind of that negative self-talk takes over?
3: Yeah, that's so good. I was actually listening to my pastor share yesterday about he and his wife did marriage counseling, you know, just to be proactive in their marriage. And as they were sharing with the counselors, the counselors were writing stuff down. And at the end of, I think, a week of daily sessions, the counselor said, Just so you know, as we were writing stuff down, we were writing down every lie that you Mm -hmm. spoke uh, about yourself or about your spouse. And so now we're going to walk through each one and we're going to pray over them and we're going to write out a scripture um, that says what God Mm -hmm. really says about those things. And so honestly, the first thing that I would say would be recognize the labels that we're putting on ourselves that are not God's labels, because we can have our labels and and say who we are, or we can choose God's labels and who he says we are. And in him, we can do all things. So whether or not we like mornings or not doesn't make us a morning person, whether or not we have historically been successful at mornings or not, doesn't make us a morning person. And really, we don't need to be morning people to just start our day with Jesus. It's not about being a morning person. It's about being an intentional person who says, I cannot do this on my own. And so Jesus, I need you today. And I want you today. However, imperfectly, however, you know, badly I do this I want you and I want to walk with you today and so those labels can become irrelevant when we shift that perspective to say it's not about my success it's about my dependence upon you and um, yeah just you know you know I was reading uh, some study about how as we think through things, it actually builds the neural pathways as though we were practicing those things. So that's why mm-hmm. in sports, a lot of times a tennis player will visualize their serve or their forehand or their backhand or certain shots because in our brain, it strengthens the neural pathways that um, allow then when they're physically doing the action for the muscles to follow through with those exact actions and doing them correctly. And so the same would be true for us if I'm labeling myself as someone who's not a morning person or as someone who, you know, isn't organized or is always late or does whatever. Then we're just strengthening that we're, we're, we're almost, you know, siding with whatever the enemy is trying to tell us that isn't true about ourselves. Well, on the other side, God's like, no, you can do this with me. You can do this. And so I just think it's, it's so important to let go of those labels and say, God, Just what do you have to say about me? Who am I? And what do you want me to do? Because he will equip us. If we can just let go of the things that we say that we can't do, we can find out what he can do.
0: For the past few months, I've been thinking about um, the idea that ordinary insignificant things that we do in the humble spaces of our lives are not really insignificant. That what if nothing is insignificant? All of these loads of laundry and, you know, dishes through the dishwasher and all of that stuff. What if that adds up and that's what builds our legacy, that it's not just the highlights and the milestones and the victories and the successes. And uh, when I was reading the section of your book, it was called, um, behind the scenes of an exceptional life. I really wanted to bring that up while we had you on because I think so many women struggle through motherhood because we're looking at everyone else's highlights and wondering why it's so hard for us. Like somehow we're not doing the right things that should make it easier for us. So I want to know if you have advice for moms who feel really buried under exhaustion and frustration and how they might be able to turn that around and and just see uh, things differently. Mm -hmm. You know that the Best
3: encouragement that I think that I could give is that to every mom listening right now who is, you know, making breakfast for their kids, loving on them, brushing their hair, picking out their clothes, giving them hugs, reading to them, whatever it is that you're doing, not having known that as a child, you are what I've always wanted, what as a child I dreamed of having, what. Truly, there are millions of children around the world would dream of having. You are somebody's um, greatest hope. and it may feel insignificant in the midst of it, but know that what you're doing is so, so powerful and it lays such a secure foundation for your children, knowing that when they wake up, that cereal bowl is going to be sitting out for them. Whatever thing that you do consistently, whatever way that you show love to your children, it's laying a foundation of security for your kids, Of that, that they are loved, um, that God loves them and that they have a purpose in life. And while it can't be quantified in one dramatic moment where you receive an award or a medal around your <laughs> neck, you know, it, it's no less true that all of those things add up to who your children become and and the, the um, platform that they have to step into life off of. And it's just, it's so powerful. And I think it comes back again just to, to, getting before God and saying, okay, God, show me the purpose and the vision and what I'm doing, because I know it's so much bigger than what it feels like. And I know it's so much bigger than what the world says that it is. And, um, just know that I I just, I love when I get a chance to go to a conference or something and encourage moms and look out on them and, and just give them the encouragement that you are what I always dreamed of having. And it's such, um, such a powerful and noble thing that I think moms do to lay down their own glory and their own agenda and their own accolades to say, I'm getting underneath you and I am encouraging you and I'm loving on you and I'm being consistent and I'm being faithful in the daily small things. And I think in the upside down kingdom of God in heaven man, there are award ceremonies, there are paparazzi, (laughs) there are all Mm -hmm. the things that moms don't see on a day to day basis, knowing that they're building the kingdom of heaven in small ways that don't get the glory here on earth.
4: Mm. Mm, So powerful. It's just such intentional work that we do each day. And, you know, Emily and I have been reflecting a lot. Um, We've done a series on self-care recently and just started that conversation. And, you know, as we're in the midst of this mothering and all these daily choices we're making and being really intentional, realizing that self-care is important and that it's more than just bubble baths and, you know, the things that we kind of thought it was, but also just like you're talking about, this is our lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's a race. It's not a sprint. And I was just curious for you, Kat, is there anything just in your self-care routine other than mornings that you do just to kind of fill your own cup as a mom, as you're pouring out each day?
3: Mm, That's good. Um, I really like making a cup of tea at night, (laughs) like after my kids go to bed. So my kids are teenagers, but I still enjoy putting them to bed. And I like to stay up, you know, after they do. And there's something just very calming to me, I suppose, to put my kids to bed and then to sit down with a cup of tea. Just feels, maybe that's the Sally Clarkson influence in me. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) it just feels, as Sally would say, very civilized. Um, Just feel like, okay, that was the day And you know, reflect on it, whatever. But just to sit down and have that moment by myself, I think that's a big thing for me too. As far as self care is, to just have a few moments by myself. My husband works from home. I homeschool one of my kids. My others go to school, and um, so I'm not by myself very much. So taking that time to be like, okay, it's all right for me to step away and just to be by myself, and I think that's really important to to just have that moment of peace and moment of quiet, uh, at the end of the day.
4: Mm, I love that. So simple, so practical, but it just, it's amazing how even something as simple as a cup of tea does feel luxurious and intentional. And that's one thing I've always admired about you is you're just very intentional throughout your days. Well, Kat, it has been such a joy to have you on the podcast and would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you
3: online and, uh, where they can find Hello Mornings, your book. Absolutely. So you can find me online at hellomornings.org, where you can, we actually have a a free download about the three minute morning that talks about um, the God plan, move parts of the routine and can kind of get you started in a very simple, very gracious way. And then you can learn more about the book, which goes into that, but then goes into a lot more detail just about living a purposeful life and how to actually build the habit. So, as you grow out of the season of little ones and you, you find you have more time and, and more space in your schedule, it shows you how to build that routine. And you can get that at hello morningsbook.com. I mean, you can go to hello mornings.org too, but hello morningsbook.com. And we have a podcast on iTunes as well. So, we'd love to just connect with you in all the places.
0: Thank you so much, Kat. We'd so appreciate your time and all the wisdom that you've poured out to us today. So, many great things uh, to share. So, thanks. Thank you. So So much, Emily and Sarah, it was
3: really fun chatting with you.
0: Loving your family well doesn't mean you do everything perfectly. How discouraging it would be if perfection was the goal, because at least for me, I know there is no way I can reach that. Like Kat Lee shared, if we can acknowledge we can't face the day and all its challenges on our own and recognize that God supplies the grace we need, we can start with a sense of purpose and even a simple plan for how we will set the tone for the day with our kids. A purposeful start to the morning can help us be more successful at building the connection we want to have with them. Have you ever heard the phrase, give yourself grace? I've heard that line many times by well-meaning friends, but I have realized that no matter how hard I try, attempting to give myself grace feels like something I'm trying to scrape up from the bottom of an empty barrel. Sometimes I just don't have it to give. Instead of trying to give yourself grace, I invite you to pause. Maybe pray that prayer cat mentioned from Psalm 143:8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life." Instead of trying to muster up grace for yourself, receive the grace that God offers to you. Most likely, you are already loving your family well with your day in and day out care for them. Many of us can think of areas where we long to grow and do things better, but I would love for you to see Celebrate and find satisfaction in the small victories you have during an ordinary day because the sum of those small things add up to the foundation of love that your children stand on as they grow. Mama, you are doing a great job. Don't let discouragement get the best of you. Come join us over on the Private Kindred Mom Facebook group and we will celebrate your small victories with you.